Alone in the car, Jackie drove rapidly to another part of the city. The street on which he finally found himself was cheap and tawdry. Jackie parked at the curb and made his way to the entrance of a bar, where a faded sign labeled the place as the Roundup. The Roundup was a gay bar, but not the sort likely to be included on any out-of-town visitor's tour. The lights were dim, but not so dim that they concealed the run-down condition of the place. A battered counter, torn plastic hanging loose from the stools, debris generously mixed with the sawdust on the floor. This evening the place was nearly empty. The bartender scarcely looked up from the newspaper he was reading, and the two lone customers at the bar seemed not to have noticed that Jackie had entered. Jackie was not a typical customer of the Roundup. But he had been seen entering the door often enough that no one questioned his appearance now. Without a pause, Jackie made his way to the rear. A curtained doorway opened into a narrow hall with doors to the restrooms. Jackie entered the one marked Men and paused inside the door. The room was empty. He passed by the urinals, badly in need of cleaning, and made his way to the twin stalls at the far end of the room. One of them was marked with an out-of-order sign. Ignoring this, Jackie stepped inside and lifted the ceramic top of the water closet, plunging his hand inside. He felt about for a moment until he found the switch. With a click and a whir of gears, the end wall swung open. Jackie stepped through the opening, plunged into momentary darkness as the door closed. Then another door opened before him into a lighted room. It was like stepping into another world. From the seedy bar, Jackie had entered a spacious and luxurious apartment. Flickering candles and gleaming crystal cast myriad lights and shadows upon the walls that were covered with velvet. In the immense fireplace, the inevitable fire was burning low. As Jackie entered the apartment, a man entered the same room through another door. He flashed a pleased smile as Jackie came into the room. Hi, Rich, Jackie greeted his partner in camp. How about a drink? At Rich's affirmative nod, Jackie poured cognac for them from the crystal decanter on the table. Unlike Jackie, Rich was the sort who would probably never be recognized for a homosexual. Rich stood six foot five inches, handsome in a dark, rugged way. Despite his football player build, though, and his massive proportions, he moved with a lithe, animal grace that belied his great strength. What's up? Rich asked, accepting the brandy. Just a small incident, small but unpleasant. Briefly, Jackie explained about the theft of Agatha's dog. Rich listened silently and attentively. To the more than casual observer, his eyes revealed that the man's mind was as strong as his body. Interesting, Rich agreed when the story was finished. As you say, it may involve a lot of coincidence, or it may be a lead to something big. Dognapping is becoming more and more common these days. Not too long ago, if you recall, the police uncovered a large dognapping ring. Yes, I recall that. This may be something equally large or even larger. Of course, it'll have to be cleared with high camp, and then there's still the question of where does one start. We can start with the files, Rich suggested. Camp's files should give us all the information on every reported dognapping over the last year. It should be easy enough to determine if there's a pattern. Good idea, Jackie said. Let's see what we can find. Rich disappeared through a doorway into the inner recesses of this camp office. Here was kept the highly complex equipment, which assisted in the operations of camp. Complete files, on microfilm, contained information on literally millions of homosexuals and homosexual activities throughout the world.
There were files, too, on criminals throughout the world, many of them literally unknown to the police, criminals whose activities affected in some way the homosexual world. Through this office, as well, Rich was in constant communication with the ultra-secret headquarters of the operation, High Camp. Few of Camp's personnel knew the location of High Camp, for nearly all of them worked out of local offices such as this one, but they all knew the far-reaching authority and capabilities of High Camp. Crime was not the only field in which Camp worked. There were special sections that dealt with law, with social problems, with health and psychiatry, and with science. The laboratories of Camp were superior to any others, complete with equipment yet unknown to the outside world. Whatever information, equipment, or assistance an agent might need in solving a case, High Camp was sure to have it.